Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, we chat with Augusto, who's running a local branding and video marketing company in the U.S. Augusto has chosen to target local Latino businesses because he feels they're underserved and can really use his expertise. But Augusto keeps hitting a wall. His target audience is overly cautious when it comes to spending, which makes it hard to charge premium prices for his work. So what can you do when you're worried you've got the wrong target audience? Well, today I'm joined by guest coach Bobby Macy to answer as many of Augusto's questions as possible. We'll dive right in after this quick message from our sponsors. Hey guys, you've got enough tough decisions to make every month as you grow your business. Picking your next great book to read should not be one of them. With Book of the Month, you can forget about the hassle of browsing through endless shelves or scrolling infinitely through an overwhelming amount of book options online. Book of the Month simplifies the process of finding the next great thing to read by offering a carefully selected lineup of five to seven titles to pick from each month. From gripping thrillers to heartwarming romance and everything in between, I'm personally really excited about this new announcement from Book of the month, curated audiobooks. Since you're listening to podcasts, I assume that you like audiobooks and you're like me, you're more of a downloader than a page turner. And this is your moment. I'm right here with you. I've picked out my selections for March already and you can too. Joining book of the month is super easy, very affordable. Plus for a limited time, new members can get their first book for just $9.99 with code CHIRP. Visit bookofthemonth.com now to pick your next great read. That's bookofthemonth.com with promo code CHIRP, C-H-I-R-P, or click the link in our show description. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store, and while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. I'm joined today by a special guest coach, uh, co-coach, friend of mine, uh, and a guest on the show previously, Bobby Macy. Welcome to the show, Bobby. Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. 
Yeah, totally. We'll do a quick intro for you in just a minute as a special guest. Do want to mention that Clay obviously would love to be here. Clay lives in Austin, Texas. So at the time of recording, if you've been watching the news, the weather is just nuts there. He's without power. Things are getting cold there. So uh, we're, we're just hoping that things recover quickly. But that's why Clay can't join us today. But we are joined by our new friend, Augusto, from Ohio. Welcome to the show, Augusto. Hi, Bristol. Thank you very much for having me here in your show. I'm very excited and nervous at the same time because <laughs> this is my first time in, my, in a podcast ever as a guest. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> so bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I'm sure you'll do just fine. It's been fun getting to know you before we hit record here and uh, excited to have you. Let's start off the show like we always do, just learning a little bit more about your business. Oh, I lied. Hold on. We're going to go back first, Augusto. We're going to, we're going to, flip the script here for just a minute and learn about Bobby. And then we're going to talk about your business. So Bobby, tell us just quickly, give us like the 30 second elevator pitch, Bobby, of what, you know, why you're here as a guest coach, what you've been working on, what you've been building. Yeah, appreciate that. So in 2019, at the very end of 2019, I got laid off and was honestly tired of corporate. And I had freelanced in the past and I said to my wife, let's do this. And I had the idea for what is now Macy Media, my content advertising agency. And in 2020, we focused hard and our first year of business, we were able to grow it to over six figures in gross revenue. And now we're just pressing on and it's, it's a good life and it's fun to be self-employed. Perfect. I love it. I've been watching you go from freelancer to really running an agency, and it's it's been fun to watch. That's why I thought you'd make a great coach today for the call with Augusto. Augusto, why don't you tell us about your business? What are, what are you currently working on? What do you do? What do you offer? What does your business look like? Sure. Well, I'm specializing in branding, but I'm focusing on the minority businesses, especially the Latino businesses here in, uh, locally in Columbus, Ohio. and. Uh, Well, basically, I started working here in Columbus many years ago in 2002. But then uh, basically, I started from... First, I had a business of photography, doing photography and videography for social events. And then a couple of years... Yeah, a couple of years later, I started doing design for all of the Latino businesses. Back then, there were... A few uh, Latino uh, restaurants, a few uh, landscaping businesses, construction. And I noticed that, of course, they're, they're, they didn't have any branding at all. They basically came up with probably their own designs for their businesses. And that's when I thought, right. okay, I think I can help these businesses, <laughs> you know, uh, with a better branding. So I started working and, you know, knocking on doors, visiting some businesses and telling them about what I do. Uh, but then uh, I also, uh, as I was doing that, I also started a, a local um, a TV channel, you know, with everything going online now. Uh, I started uh, Canal Hispano TV, which is also focusing on, on the, uh, you know, stories about some of the uh, people in the uh, uh, city that have succeeded locally, but also giving information about how to move around the city, especially for newcomers, for new immigrants, new uh, Latinos mm, who yeah. are starting in a, you know a new life here, and they don't know how to move or where to go to get some, you know, even to buy groceries, buy clothes, uh, how to get their um, 
you know, how to rent an apartment, how to, you know, uh, move around the city, even how to take the bus to move from place to place. So I was giving this information through this uh, TV channel. I used to have some guests. And, um, and well, I was doing that at the same time I was doing my graphic design work and the photography. So I guess I was uh, juggling a lot with many different things. Now I'm trying to focus more on the branding aspect of uh, the businesses. So I'm trying to specialize more and more every time. Um, first, I want to specialize in, in the uh, photography part, but I'm thinking of going more uh, to branding. Branding, you know, uh, logo design, identity design and all that in order to start from there and then uh, start offering more services like, you know, website mm-hmm. design, right. uh, many designs for, uh, you know, restaurants and everything that uh, covers the uh, identity and branding of a company. So that's I where I am that. now. <laughs> okay, great. And, and yeah. are you doing this full-time then, freelancing full-time or are you, is it a side hustle right now? Well, I was full-time for, you know, many years, but then COVID came and also business eh, w- w- slowed down a lot. So right. uh, actually, I started a, a, a full-time job in another place. Totally nothing to do with what I do because I had applied for <laughs> graphic design positions, but believe me, it's so competitive that yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was really ha- uh, hard. And, you know, I have uh, four kids to feed, have a wife. So, yeah, uh, I, yeah, I was like, oh, I struggling a lot. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's no, there's no shame in that uh, at all. Uh, obviously, taking a job to put food on the table and that kind of thing. And, and I, yeah. I grew my side hustle for, uh, I don't even remember, eight years, I think, before finally I was forced out of <laughs> my job and, uh, and started my business full time. So, and I know Bobby's had a similar situation. So, you know, nothing wrong with um, a day job to pay the bills. And, uh, yeah. and, and it sounds like you're doing some really cool stuff on the side. So really your focus is on branding right now, it sounds like, or, or you would like your focus to be on branding and design for uh, Latino businesses. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm um, more experienced in branding design and now also with the video production. So I'm trying mm. to, uh, uh, you know, offer those services as well, because now with all of the, um, uh, you know, video has taken over again, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, especially with this uh, worldwide uh, pandemic. So, yeah, and uh, well, this will this will be really great because Bobby, a huge part of his business is video work. He does content of all kinds, but I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, if people are looking for a video guy, I swear everyone recommends Bobby Macy. So, um, so I think this will be really this will be a really good conversation in terms of you know, working with video clients, offering video services, I think Bobby will probably have even more to input there than than I will. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about your freelancer to founder scale. So listeners of the show know that everybody that we have on the show, which by the way, if you want to come on the show uh, and get a free coaching session, just like Augusto is today, uh, you can visit freelance2founder.com. There's a little yellow microphone icon. You just click there. And um, it'll give you instructions on applying to be on the show. And uh, we would love to coach you through whatever hurdles you're facing in growing and scaling your freelance business. But uh, Augusto, when you filled out the uh, survey that we send out to all 
potential guests. You said that right now you're on the freelance to founder scale. You're a one. So you're a, you're completely a freelancer. That makes sense with what you're saying. You know, it's a side hustle. You're freelancing. But you said in yeah. six to 12 months, you want to be a 10. That is incredibly ambitious. I love the ambition. Uh, so in 10, tell us, tell us, <laughs> Augusto, tell us what a 10 looks like in your mind. Like in in six to 12 months, what's the ideal scenario for you and your business? Yeah, uh, I'm thinking about uh, having a, um, even if I don't have a brick and mortar, uh, um, you know, a mortar business where I can have, uh, you know, at least three to five employees, but at least uh, have something more tangible, like uh, having a, a steady flow of customers that mm-hmm. actually desire to be or to be doing business with me, uh, trying to find me to, to do their, uh, you know, all of their branding and um, be basically being able to get uh, this financial freedom, but at the same time have this uh, uh, time, um, how can I say, uh, you know, to have more time for myself so what yeah. because one of the things that sometimes I'm really um I, I want to do every aspect of the business and that's really hard and that's so overwhelming. And I know that I need to start uh, uh you know giving jobs to other people, you know, maybe outsourcing or maybe you know start delegating more. Uh, so I also have some uh, freedom to do other things, like you know, yeah. be with my family, with my kids, and right. uh, yeah. So basically, managing the the okay. business, but but not having to do everything yes. all by myself. Well, I, I don't mean to keep uh, setting Bobby up, but <laughs> but I think he's going to have some good insight on that as well. I mean, so Bobby and I both are entrepreneurs because we love the idea of the the freedom of lifestyle that you know, spending more time with your family. Um, spending time doing things you want to do as opposed to burning out. However, we both are familiar with what it takes to grow a business and the potential burnout that you face as you grow a business. And so I think that can make for some interesting conversation as well. Let's let's dive into some of this. Let's uh, let's get into some of this. What are what are some hurdles that you're facing then, Augusto, as you look forward over the next 12 months? What's stopping you from reaching that 10 and how can we help? Yeah, I think uh, organization. Um, I know sometimes when I start getting one, two, maybe three projects of different customers, or even with the same customer, uh, I start getting overwhelmed with the with the load of work, and uh, I try my best to you know put everything in a calendar and start you know following uh, following up with the projects. And sometimes mm. if a new uh, customer comes in and also needs work. So, you know, sometimes it's hard for me to manage all the workflow. Um, that's one of the things uh, sometimes I struggle with. Okay. Um, and see what, what what will be the best process or, or, or system that I can apply in order to for me to, to accomplish all of the work that I need to finish. Okay, great. Yeah, Bobby, do you have any thoughts on, I know you juggle a lot of different clients and a lot of different projects coming and going all the time. Um, do you have any advice for Augusto on, on how to juggle 
various projects and make sure everything gets done on time. Yes, I do have a few thoughts on that because you are describing me um, quite well, Augusto. <laughs> and so yeah. I've been there. I've, I've, I've dealt with this. I think a lot of people in the freelance stage deal with this and it even creeps into the founder stage as well. Um, yeah. One of the things that I've noticed is you need a dedicated place where you can keep track of things. For some people, that's a tool like Trello or um, you know, some sort of management system where you can keep track of your clients online. Other people, it's, you know, they've got different folders in Evernote or they use the Notes app on their computers, Google Docs. For me, I actually find myself writing down different information about different clients in a lot of different places. And I realized that that's a problem. Yeah. And so one of the things that I've really tried to focus on is to try and train myself to keep things in one place. As you keep things in one place, naturally, you're going to be a bit more organized. But then also it forces you, it forces you to be less scatterbrained and you think about your processes a little bit more. And you start to analyze, especially as you review your notes, you start to analyze what's happening in my business. I'm, I'm having these, one, how am I getting clients, right? How are these conversations even coming about? Are they happening organically or are they happening because I'm going out and I'm knocking on businesses' doors or I'm sending cold emails? And so one is recognizing a traffic source to your leads, essentially, right? How, how are these conversations starting? Once they do start, what's happening? Do you have custom packages that you can literally send a URL to somebody on your website and say, hey, I offer X, Y, and Z, a bronze, silver, gold package? Or are you like many of us who play this game of custom pitches? And what I mean by that is you're always spending your time giving custom proposals to people and that uses so much time and energy. And... Those are a few thoughts that I have for you, right? Is, is a little bit of introspection for you to recognize, okay, if I keep things in one place, naturally I'm going to be a bit more organized, but it also has other intangible effects on my business, which will make me think about the processes, which will make me think about these other things I mentioned, where my traffic's coming from, what do these conversations look like? Can I automate any of this and save myself time? I mean, right now you are working full time and you're doing this on the side. So the fact of the matter is, is you're probably your your side hustle probably isn't getting the same energy level and commitment that your full time job is getting because that's what's paying your bills. And that's understandable at this point. But automation and processes, I think, will really help you save energy and time to then focus on what you are good at, which is the fulfillment of these things, rather than the worry of all those other external issues. Does that make sense? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I love, I love that you bring that up, Bobby, because, um, you know, all the time, listeners of the show hear me and Clay harp on people all the time about systems, right? And it's like, Systems for getting clients, systems for managing clients, systems for billing clients, like all, all these different systems. But what we don't talk a lot about is like the intake of, of details. So like you should have a system set up for um, potential leads. Uh, 
you know, ideas, companies you come across that that you think could maybe be a potential client, even if you know nothing about them. There should be somewhere in your project management system or somewhere in a notebook or somewhere that every time in the exact same place you write down, this could be a potential client, right? Um, and then and then the systems that ideally will help you through this process are what Bobby's talking about, which is like, okay, once someone is in the potential client list, what happens? Does it just sit there? Or is there an automation that reminds me to follow up in a week? Or do they automatically get an email uh, pitching my services? Or like, you know, what systems can I put in place that all I have to do is put an email address in a spreadsheet and tools do the rest? If, if you're interested in this kind of thing, we had a, a really good conversation with um, my friend James Rose. And uh, it's a few episodes back. We will link to it in the show notes. But um, James is like an automation expert. He loves automation. And he walked us through a few different automations you could do. Here's, here's one that uh, his conversation reminded me of. You could potentially, with a tool like Zapier or, or um, Reply.io, you could build a system to where if you put an email address in a spreadsheet, uh, it will send an automatic pitch for someone to book a time on your Calendly, which will automatically put a time on your calendar, which will automatically remind you to call someone and have a, a discovery meeting. So you could be walking around you know, at lunch, find someone who potentially could be a client, and you could do a quick elevator pitch, say, I'd love to email you some more information, get their email address, Type it in your spreadsheet that's saved on the home screen of your phone so it's right there accessible. You put the email address in and all the rest happens on autopilot and then you just simply pick up the phone when your calendar tells you to, right? And so like that's a ton of work that you might be doing uh, to manage even just the onboarding of a new client that you could potentially take care of using technology. And then those kinds of systems and theories can, can be used throughout your whole process. Once you hit a certain milestone, you move them to a new column in Trello or whatever your project management system is, which by the way, we will link to a bunch of project management tools uh, in the show notes for listeners. But maybe you move them to a new thing which triggers uh, an email to send to them to review the project. Like You can set up all these automations so that you basically have a robot kind of assistant helping you in your business. You hear us talking on the show all the time about social media and the importance of marketing yourself online as you grow your business. That's because social has played a huge role in both of our businesses as we've grown them, but actually getting customers from your social accounts to your website and ultimately to make a purchase can sometimes be more difficult than it should be. If you need a simple solution, I recommend you try getting a .bio domain from Porkbun. That's .bio, .bio. You can put it in your LinkedIn bio. You can put it wherever you want to put it so that people can get directly to your website. We've partnered with Porkbun a lot over the years for two reasons. First of all, we trust them and they offer better deals on domain names than anyone else that we know about. And right now you can get a .bio domain name for less than $3 at Porkbun. So for less than a cup of coffee, you can get a short, memorable, and professional .bio domain name to share yourself with the world. Just visit porkbun.com slash freelance or click the link in this episode's description. That's P-O-R-K-B-U-N.com slash freelance and you can get a .bio domain for $3 right now. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant, or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. 
LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. I don't know, Augusto, what's what's resonating? Uh, what, what gaps are we not filling here? Yeah, um, one of the things uh, and one of the challenges also with uh, the Latino communities is that many of my customers barely use email. They mm, like yeah. more uh, to be more in contact with Facebook and texting and WhatsApp. So I've tried to to gather, you know, their uh, emails and all that and try it. I tried this, uh, oh, I forgot the name of this app that automates sending emails. Uh, I just forgot the name, but there are so many other apps. But I haven't really gotten the results through email. Like if I send a blast email, you know, uh, trying to, you know, offer a promotion or something like that. So that's one of the challenges. I'm not saying that all of them... Uh, Refuse to use email, but yeah, many of the customers, maybe yeah. I'm talking about probably 50 to 75% don't use email as much. So yeah, sometimes th- that's one of the, 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 the yeah, the downsides, uh, the hurdles, exactly. Yeah. Well, but so when, that's, I mean, that's, that's realistic feedback. Um, so one, one thing you might look into is, um, this tool reply.io, it, it used to only do emails. When I used it, when I was doing a ton of lead generation, it only sent emails and follow-up emails. And it was a great tool then. What I noticed recently when we were doing our five-day recurring revenue challenge with, with a number of freelancers and listeners of the show, uh, we were looking at the tool again and it now incorporates texting. It incorporates LinkedIn messages. It might even incorporate Facebook Messenger. I don't know if it incorporates WhatsApp. But like... You you could potentially use a tool like that to orchestrate a series of follow-ups like, hey, I noticed you didn't open the email I sent you. Maybe texting is better. Here are the details on the bid I sent you or whatever, right? Like you could automate those kinds of conversations um, using a tool like that potentially. Yeah, that, that sounds really good. I'm going to try it out. So it's reply.io. That's the, the name yep. of the app, yeah, right? Yeah, reply, reply.io, and we will link to it in the show notes for listeners as well. Awesome. Why would you have something to okay. add? Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to touch on this because this is really fascinating to me, Augusto, what you're describing. Yeah. Because what you're describing is uh, a situation that I think is very real to many more people than we think. And that is this, these individual messaging apps and your clients are everywhere and and they're not just in one place like email right so automation is a little bit tougher um but a few thoughts for you one each one of these apps that you're talking about whether it's whatsapp which i use to communicate with friends in brazil and in other places um whether it's facebook messenger linkedin direct messages instagram direct messages all of these have 
voice features. Now, you can talk a lot faster than you can type, I'm guessing. Most people can. And so one way that I get around this is I actually send voice messages instead of texting different people. So for example, I'm walking on the street and I have, you know, either my phone with me or maybe I have my AirPods in or something. And I will literally grab my phone and instead of typing while I'm walking, I'm just going to give them my little spiel or my little pitch via voice. And then it's also fun because they can hear the inflection and the tone and there's more substance to that than just the written word. Uh, The other thing you can do if you do want to default to the written word is I'm sure that you are giving a lot of the same information in most of these pitches or conversations. So in that case, open up the notes app on your phone, type out these conversations that you're having on a regular basis, especially if you're if you're talking about, you know, pricing information or sending a link to your website to portfolio work or this or that. Have those pre-typed out on your phone and then just copy and paste them into the messages app um, that you're using, whether it's WhatsApp, Facebook, doesn't matter. But you can see how that is still a form of automation, which is going to save you so much time over the course of days, weeks, months, and years. Yet it's so simple. So those are a few thoughts that I had for you. I'll even do you one better. Uh, I use an app called Text Expander. There's also one called A-Text. And you can save snippets of things that you type all the time. So if you're always sending your pricing, you can save a snippet called hashtag prices or something like that. And then every time when you type hashtag prices, it just populates wherever you're typing. It can be in a message, in an email, in a website, doesn't matter. Uh, it populates your pricing. So instead of having to copy and paste it even, you can even just set up these little uh, automated exploding uh, snippets that turn one word into a whole bunch of text. So that's a that's a great tip, Bobby. August, are we, are we headed in the right direction here? What's, what's helping? Sure, absolutely. Uh, there are so many tools that probably I don't know. And, and all of this information that you're giving me and, and hints and tips are going to be very, very helpful for uh you know, to to try to get more customers, to try to reach out and give me information. Uh, and as you said, I also send uh, uh, packages and pricing all the time. And this would help a lot, like trying to just copy and paste the message and send it to the, anybody that I want. Yeah. And I think that's going to help a lot. Great. I know I know. before we hit record for this call, Augusto, you mentioned wanting to discuss um, maybe potentially charging more for your work or, or helping clients see the value in your work. Walk us yeah. through what obstacles you're facing in terms of your pricing since we, are, since we did start talking about pricing a bit. And let's see if Bobby or I have any suggestions uh, in, in terms of your pricing. Sure. Um, actually, I have... Uh follow one of the designers that you actually recommended in your in your website, uh, Chris Do, and he's really good at uh, teaching designers how to do mm. business, right? Yes. So yep. they, he, he's great at saying, okay, you have to, uh, first of all, you have to value your own work and don't think that it's not worth it or basically you, tr- you have to specialize also in what you're doing. And he also recommends this book uh, by Blair Enns, 
the Win Without Pitching Manifesto, and I loved it. However, when I tried to implement this to my uh, customers, uh, of course, many of them don't come back to me. And, and even worse, they say, um, oh, okay, yeah, everything sounds good. And yeah, yeah, I, I'll get back with you. And so they don't even say no, yes or no. So it's like, okay, yeah, sure. Maybe you're coming back, but then I never hear back from them. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's another thing. Like, okay, they don't always tell you, oh, you're too expensive or or anything like that. So they just don't come back. It's like, do you try to follow up? And then I don't get a response. So it's like, okay, what am I doing wrong? So I don't know. Maybe they are not the right, the right uh, type of client for me. Mm, I see. Yeah. Uh, Bobby, what, what advice would you have in terms of following up on, on a lead? I mean, you know, if someone is completely ghosting you, how long do you stress about it? Follow up on it? Uh, how do you ensure you're not getting just ignored or ghosted or left behind? Uh, do you have any advice for Augusto? Yeah, I do. And Preston has heard me talk about this before, but I really believe in this concept. And when I think of me giving a pitch and, you know, if I feel like I'm getting ghosted, and this is in life in general, right? This is for uh, business, but this is also if you're applying for a full-time job, whatever it is, right? waiting on a response from some other personal thing in your life. I like to set myself apart and take it a step above. And what I mean by that is this. I try to think, how would they expect me to respond? And then I do something different. So for example, maybe a text message saying, hey, let's pretend that you're following up with uh, somebody named Bob. Augusto, and you say, Hey, Bob, this is Augusto just following up on that proposal that I sent you. That's expected. There's nothing special about that. It's one more touch point. And yes, that's a good thing in the long run, but it's completely expected. What if you sent them uh, a custom video? And there's an app that I use that is on your phone, or you can use your computer's webcam. And it's called Loom, L-O-O-M.com. And they have a free version and they have a paid version. But I do this all the time. What I do is I grab my phone, I open the Loom app, I record a custom video of me talking to them. I then give that video a title. It takes less than two minutes. I copy a link and I send the link to them in a message that says, hey, just wanted to follow up, made you a quick video. Now, all of a sudden, instead of getting a text message that says, hey, this is Augusto just following up, they're getting a personalized video that took essentially the same amount of time. And you just stood out in a completely different way. Now, that is raising the bar, right? That's called developing a personal brand and giving people an experience with you that is undeniably unforgettable. Now, once you can go to that level of giving people that experience with you, then they come to expect that from your work. And that's how, in my mind, I've been able to level up is I give people an experience with Bobby Macy as a person that they don't forget. And then from there, they take more chances on me for my work or my portfolio. 
Because to be honest, Augusto, there are a lot of other people in the world who can do video as well as I can, or who can do design or copywriting or many of the services that I offer just as good as me. But what they can't imitate is my personality. And you have your own strengths in your own personality and personal brand. And if you leverage that in unique ways through custom video, through audio messages, and you go above and beyond, I think that's a very, very powerful element that, to be honest, most other people just don't do. Yeah, and I think (laughs) you have given me uh, the best advice. However, well, I've done also video, but now what I'm going to do is to do it the way you are uh, instructing me. Record myself and send it as a as a response instead of just a text with the you know more questions or instead of um, you know just a regular text. But video, since now I'm doing more video than ever, I think that will be the uh, a very good uh, twist to to how I respond to customers mm. and 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 yeah, I do think uh, that they will respond differently this time. Well, and and I hope so. And I just want to be very clear to you and the listeners. I'm not talking about filming a video with your DSLR camera, professional mic, and then throwing it in Adobe Premiere to edit it and have transitions. I'm talking about using (laughs) an app called Loom, which takes two seconds. It'll auto-populate a little preview, and you send that in a message, and it intrigues them because then they have a video. Plus, doing it this way, somebody else hosts the video for you. The app will let you know when they've watched it. So then you know, oh, Bob just watched my video. Okay, I should expect a response. Or you can you can start to anticipate those things. And, and then it's also giving them the raw Augusto, which it's, it's almost mirroring an in-person encounter with them to a certain degree. And I think that's the power. And I just wanted to make that distinction because some people will be like, oh man, well, that just sounds like so much work. No, I'm talking about two minute videos here. Yeah, you're filming for 45 seconds of that. You could potentially use like any any app. Like if you already talked to your customers with Facebook Messenger, you could just record a video right in Facebook Messenger and send it to them. Loom is a great tool, you know, depending on what you're using, but like there's lots of options. But a little video, a short little rough video can really go a long way, like you said, because it feels like you're in person. I do think it's worth addressing Mm. though, Augusto, like I think this uh, video feedback is good. I think this follow-up feedback has been really good. I think it's worth getting into the question of like, even if you have the best follow-up routine or system in the world and you send the best pitches and you're the most likable guy and you do the best work, if you're charging more than your audience is willing to pay for, there's still going to be a disconnect and going to be a problem. So I get the sense from you that you feel like maybe the audience that you're currently serving uh, may not be willing to pay the prices that you want to charge. Is that a fair assessment? Oh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. So, that, I mean, I feel like that needs to be addressed probably. Um I, I don't. I don't yeah. know what 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 gives you this. What gives you the sense that that your current audience isn't willing to pay premium prices? Um, because I have tried, uh, and you know they always uh, say, "Oh, yeah, I can find somebody uh, who can do it uh, probably for 
less amount or, or something. Mm, yeah. But uh, the, the, the worst thing is that when they don't respond. However, I have also thought about, you know, going with their general um, uh, audience, you know, with the general customers. Uh, but then again, I, I, I wouldn't be niching as right. I planned to be before, right? And also, I think, well, the, probably there's so much competition out there that, and this is one of my 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 fears. Like, okay, I'm not, I'm probably won't be able to compete with you know the bigger designers or more experienced designers. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, that's one of my I, fears as well. I mean, I think these are legitimate fears and legitimate concerns. My my concern is. You know, you have to either decide, do you want to serve the audience or do you want to decide what your product is and then find an audience for it? And, and what you're trying to do is, is provide a product, like, a, like something you can charge a premium for, and then retrofit it to an audience that you feel like you can serve, a niche audience, a Latino audience. And so um, I, I don't think niching down is bad, necessarily, unless you don't have the right product for that niche. And so what so for me one of the two has to give. Now if you want to keep serving the Latino audience, then it makes sense to just adjust your offering. Maybe they pay a small monthly fee instead of a large upfront fee or maybe um maybe you outsource some of the work overseas to save money on the project so that you can charge them less and keep more of the profit. Like you you'll have to get creative about what your actual product is. Or you'll have to branch out away from the Latino market. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think uh, offering a small monthly fee or something like that, something like a, maybe like a subscription, uh, you know, yeah. uh, probably would work better. So, uh, and probably I basically haven't thought about that. Uh, like, how how can I make it easier for them to to afford my services yes yeah because easier I to say yes to give them, exactly because i do want to give him a, a the, the best uh work possible because i know i can help him you know redesign a logo that they made themselves like <laughs> i mean i can do it 10 times better of course i don't tell oh your design is awful <laughs> i basically try to <laughs> uh to uh, you know i don't say that but uh i i do try to show that uh, there are improvements that can be done with their general identities, right. Right? right? So, and try to balance that and maybe probably offer something like a money fee would work better. So probably it's yeah, just a or, matter or, of uh, wrapping it differently. Yes, I, I think that's exactly right. You know, Clay, you've listened to enough episodes of the show to maybe know this about Clay, but he started his web design agency and, uh, and, you know, was charging $500, $1,000, $1,500 for a website. And then he changed to $200 a month. Um, and the client had to, had to commit to two years. Uh, so essentially, he was charging $2,400 for a website. But when he changed to monthly pricing his sales just took off. Like everyone was saying yes, because everyone can say, oh, my business can make an extra $200 uh, this month or can make enough to cover, you know, it's worth having a website for $200 this month. And so, yeah, if you can package it in a way that makes sense, instead of saying, you know, it's going to cost you $2,000 to get a new logo or $10,000, I don't know what you charge for a new logo, but 
it's going to cost you a huge sum right now. Instead, you could say, you know, over the next 12 months, it'll be $100 a month or it'll be $500 a month or whatever. You know, again, I don't know your pricing, but if you can spread that out, that definitely, there's a reason subscription models work, right? Because mentally we all say, oh, I could come up with an extra $12 for Netflix every month or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, And I think that's a a matter of being creative, as you said, being creative uh, in how you can sell that product and how you can make it easier for them to, to purchase it. And, you know, that way, they don't feel like, oh, it's a huge amount of money that I'm going to dump yeah. right here in this service that I'm not probably they are afraid or they are not sure if if they are going to like it or not. So <laughs> so so that's those all those are great ideas. Yeah. Thank perfect. You. And I will add for anyone interested uh in in wrapping their brains around this concept a little bit more, and you as well, Augusto. We recently hosted, Bobby was a part of it, we recently hosted our five-day recurring revenue challenge where we talked about this idea of monthly fees instead of a one-time upfront fees. Um, and it was a fantastic five-day, uh, you know, five sessions, five days, all live calls on Zoom, homework, worksheets. And it was a lot of fun. We're going to reopen that again. So if you want to uh, get on the wait list to, to join us on that, you can visit freelance2founder.com slash challenge. Uh, and and you can join the next time we open that up. But uh, it was a lot of fun, and and I think there's a lot to be learned there. Augusto, I can send you some resources as well. But yeah, this, this recurring revenue model uh, where they pay you a monthly fee, it just opens up all sorts of opportunities in your business to where you can plan on how much you'll be making, so you can then hire subcontractors and really start to scale your business. Awesome. Yeah, that's pretty good. <clears throat> I look forward to it. Great. So we've got maybe maybe five minutes or so left on on this call, Augusto. What have we not talked about that you want to address in the last few minutes that we have here? Uh, let me see. Uh, basically, uh, probably one thing that I didn't mention, but also uh, it may be too obvious, but like, how can I stand out from uh, the other designers uh, or the other, mm. you know? creative uh, people out there. And again, it may seem obvious because you have to be more creative or you have to be more, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I don't know, what what uh, suggestions do you have on that? Bobby, do you want to kick us off on this one? I bet you have some good ideas here on how Augusto can stand out in the market. You know, a lot of my ideas, I think I've I've already stated by using things like audio messages, by using mm. things like custom videos. Um, here's an idea for you, Augusto. I've been thinking about this for the last few minutes. If you want to attract a certain type of audience, you um, you can pre-qualify them a little bit, right? One, uh, this helps if you have pricing on your website and you have packaging. Now, this is something that I've been thinking a lot about for my business, and I actually look... the, the challenge that Preston just mentioned, that uh, recurring revenue challenge, This that challenge specifically really got me to wrap my mind around this. But um, it's this idea of saying, okay, if I can offer a package that's $250 for design, and then I can offer a package that's $500, and then I can offer a package that's $1,500 or $1,000 or, or whatever the tiers that you want to price at, then I can pre-select what works for me right? With my margins. And then I can present those to clients and... Oh, sorry. 
I'm sorry. Oh, you still there? Yes. Okay, so if I develop these these little packages at prices that I'm comfortable with, then I can send them to clients. And worst case scenario, the clients are going to say, hey, that doesn't fit my budget. But you're already getting that response from people. And so then you might be able to go back and adjust those packages and say, well, how could I get this package down to $199? And how could I get the middle tier package down to something else? And maybe you remove a portion of it, or maybe you, like Preston said, you you find a way to outsource some of that. But at least you can kind of predict, right? So um, you see, that doesn't help you necessarily stand out because other people are doing that. But if you if you have that system in place and those product offerings, and then you use some of these other tools to actually garner attention that you haven't yet, I think that's powerful. Here's another thing. Consider this. You go to a dinner party and, uh, you know, mostly pre-COVID when we, when we did those sort of things, <laughs> you, you go to a dinner party and you meet a few people that you've never met before. What does that conversation look like? Hey, this is my friend Augusto and his family, da 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 da. And then they start to say, Augusto, what do you do for work? Is that a common question that you've you've had in the past in your mm. life? Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. All the time, right? So now I don't know if you're active on social media. I'm very active on social media. This is one of the ways that I separate myself from the competition because I treat social media differently than a lot of people do, specifically a lot of business owners. Now, I already recognize that those conversations are happening in, quote unquote, my real life. So now I bring those conversations to social media. I'm very active on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, specifically. Those three, I will produce content that is work-related content, even on my own personal Facebook feed or my own personal Instagram account, I'll share what I'm doing via stories. If I'm editing a video, if I'm out on a client shoot, people take interest in that sort of thing. And the reason you know they take interest is because every time you see somebody that you haven't seen in a while, they ask you, how's your work? What are you doing for work? What are you doing now? It's just a part of life, yet people are so afraid to talk about what they do for work on social media. And I don't think we need to be. So I think depending on on how active you are on social media, there may be a massive opportunity for you to just start sharing bits and pieces of your life. If you create a design and you're sending it to a client, Take a photo of that and put it on Instagram and say, just created this logo for a new client Um, or share it as a Facebook story or start to document your processes as you're doing them and just show kind of behind the scenes of what you're doing. And yes, of course, still post that adorable family photo of you, your wife and your kids. Of course, you need that. People want to see that too. But you'll find this balance and... It's, it sounds so simple, but I kid you not, Augusto, that has been one of the fundamental elements of marketing myself is people see what I'm working on and then they start to reach out to me without me ever having to pitch them. And they say, hey, can you help me with X? Can you help me with Y? And 
I just, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but here's a perfect example from my business. 10 years ago, when I was in college, I lived across the parking lot from another family in married student housing. There was a person there named Jake. Jake now works for a very prestigious Ivy League university. And Jake asked me, he saw what I was posting on social media. He knows that I do video work and he was dissatisfied with his current video company that was doing some videos for them. Now, this is a big contract. Jake recently hit me up and I just landed a deal that in two months is going to account for more than 50% of my 2020 gross revenue. In two months. This is from somebody I have not talked to actively in 10 years, Augusto. But he Mm. sees what I'm doing on social media and he reached out and then we had a conversation and I was able to secure some work that is going to be a huge blessing for me and my family moving forward. And now I've just leveled up into an entirely new category of clients that I work with. Now I'm working with Ivy League universities. And so that that reestablishes myself in the market and gives me some clout or some extra extra credibility. And I think that you can do the same thing. And to think that this all started with me telling people what I do on social media. Exactly. And yeah, let, let me tell you a little bit of what I'm started to do this year because I also want to be more active in social media because I I am active, but probably not as consistently as I wanted. Uh, but I'm doing this. I'm doing videos each week about graphic design, about photography, and about video. So like hints, like how to improve their videos, how to uh, improve their audio, uh, lighting, and then about graphic design. I don't know if I should combine all of those like that or just be more specific. But and what I'm trying to do is to be more specific. More, I mean, I'm sorry, more more consistent in 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 producing those videos and being more active in social media. And yeah, uh, I know that people are there, are looking at uh, what people are doing and uh, they're curious and they go and, and find that probably somebody does this type of job, etc., so hope I'm hoping that this year, this also helps me improve uh, everything in my business. Mm. That's wonderful. Can can I share a quote that I read earlier? Sure. Preston and I recently read a book called Atomic Habits by an author named James Clear, and both of us enjoyed what he had to say. I'm on his email list. I kid you not. Today, I got an email. And it had this quote in there because everybody talks about luck, right? And so I, I took this and I thought, oh, this is predictable luck. He says, quote, you can attract luck simply by sharing your work publicly, unquote. That's mm-hmm. what he said. That's exactly the reason that spoke to me is because that's exactly what I do, right? And I've seen that it's helped me to build a six-figure business in a pandemic year. And so for you, Augusto, or for anyone else who's listening to this episode, you want more luck? Well, start sharing your work publicly. And naturally, you are going to start to attract that luck. And I, and I think that's a powerful concept. Oh, yeah. It sounds really, really good. Can you tell me the, the quote again? You can attract luck? 
You can attract luck simply by sharing your work publicly. Okay, share. Okay, so that sounds awesome. And 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 he's right, one hundred percent. And I, I'm going to do this more more often because that's also one of my my uh, uh, struggles to be more consistent. And mm. yeah, that I think that is going to make a difference. And and not only will will uh, will people be more aware of your work and you'll start to stand out more, but also you'll get more practice, right? You can potentially create things in order to be sharing content, and and as you create more things, you'll start to harness your talents more, hone your skills more, and I think that'll help you stand out as well. Um, you know, to stand out, you first have to see what everyone else is offering, and so you look in the market, you see what they're offering, and you see where you can find a competitive edge, maybe. Maybe you, you know, you're serving a Latino audience. Maybe all of your designs really speak to a Latino audience, or maybe, or maybe, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it looks different than other things in in your city, in your area. Uh, you know, there are ways to be unique without uh, alienating your audience. I think I think that would be a good thing to pursue in terms of actual skill set. I mean, we can't we can't ignore the fact that you have to have the right skills in the first place to then stand out, right? You have to be able to do the basic stuff that everyone else does, and then you have to figure out where you can be different and where you can go above and beyond. So I think this has been some good advice from Bobby. We're, we're probably about ready to wrap up the episode here, Augusto, but I hope this has been helpful today. We've really enjoyed having you on sure. the show. Thanks for being here with us. Oh, thank you very much, and thank you for all of your advice. And uh, I look forward to, to listening to this show once you wear it. <laughs> yeah, we will definitely share it with you. Bobby, thank you so much for uh, for joining the episode today as our last minute fill-in guest coach. I really appreciate it, man. Hey, that thank was my pleasure. Much, I, I appreciate the call. Augusto, so nice to meet you. And I really look forward to seeing some of your work. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so nice to, to meeting you too. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Take care. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of the Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya.